Which draft prospects have caught my eye? Do we have to alter our expectations when they're so young? Can height overcome athleticism at the point guard position? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. I am, as always, joined by Jared Weiss of The Athletic. Jared, welcome to the show. Thanks for hopping on with me and talking draft prospects. Always good to be back here, although it's going to be weird talking draft prospects. I feel like we never do that when I'm on the show. Um, I know. Well, you know what? What else is there to talk about, really? Uh, we can go into the escrow machinations that have been coming out lately. <laughs> yeah. I, I think people want to hear more about draft prospects at this point. Yes. Although, again, if you're wondering why they start the season December 22nd, which they sort of force the players to do, it sounds like, uh, it just seems like a staggering amount of money to be made if they started then versus a month later. Hey, money talks, right? But as much as money talks, I want to talk about some draft prospects. So we got where are we where are we starting today? Um, let's start with Denny Abdiha out of Israel. Uh, the former uh, his, his father was a pro player, and he uh, has been playing on Maccabi. Tel Aviv, um, and everyone seems to like him. I will withhold my comments until I hear from you. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, I, I've been really high on him for a while. I've been scouting him for probably like two or three years now, and he's. I, I really liked who he was to like a year or two ago, and then the question was, could he fill in on some of the promise he has as like kind of a deep pick and roll playmaker as a rotational defender underneath. And I, I think he's come through on most of those. So the the big like the the big concern with him is he doesn't have a huge vert and he's got like a pretty small wingspan for someone who would be kind of a hybrid you know swing to big in the NBA. Um and then also his his three point shooting numbers were horrendous for some weird reason. Um and on top of that, his he shot like fifty percent from the free throw line, which was really really bizarre. And so people, I mean, most people that don't actually watch the prospects hear those numbers and they think, well, this guy's probably terrible. But then you go out and you watch him, and he's got a pretty nice shot. Like I definitely, there's definitely a lot of stuff he he needs to adjust to it, but he has what looks like a shot that could turn into something really great. And he has the like the core. He has the fluidity and the size and the core strength that makes you feel like he's going to turn into – he could turn into a potentially elite pull-up shooter in the NBA. Um, so when you combine the fact that he's a really good ball handler at 6'9", and he's he's got really nice passing vision, he isn't quite an ambidextrous passer, but he can pass while handling with his left hand. Um, but he's just, he, he's just such a really well-rounded player on the offensive ends. And then on defense, I have a lot of concerns about him as a wing defender, but I think it can get better. And he has really good body balance, and he can develop a pretty nice low center of gravity. So I think he can really improve as a wing defender. But what I really like and what gives me hope for him uh, as a two-way player is that he's a very smart defender around the rim. He's really good at getting vertical. He has good rotations, stuff like that. So even though he's not a monstrous athlete and even though he's not a, he doesn't have a huge wingspan – he gets he gets there early. He gets two hands up. Um, I, I think he's going to end up being a very a very impressive rim protector in the NBA. So I love him. Um, I love him strong. I really really like him. He's one of my. He's been always been one of my 
probably three or four favorite prospects in the draft. And it's been that starting to show in the mock drafts where he seems he it seemed like he was kind of starting the mock draft season in the like latter half of the top 10. And now it seems like he's moving up to the top four. It sounds like he probably wouldn't make it past Cleveland at number five at the, you know, that seems like the floor for him at this point. Okay. Well, having not spent a lot of time until recently going through some footage, uh, the jump shot mechanics are depressing to me. I, I tweeted out, I only tweeted the day the other day. Uh, somebody clearly taught him not to dip the ball when he catches it and shoots it. And when I see someone do that, and let's remind everybody in case you don't know, because I got you know another coach you know came on Twitter and started uh, arguing that the optimal way is to not dip. And then when you tell him, you know what, people actually do dip almost every single shot, then they don't necessarily believe you or want to see it, and it's bizarre. Um, but this his shot energy transfer is horrid. And so I'm not surprised that he doesn't shoot that well from the percentage-wise real-time in a game. Now, he, he might. I've seen some footage of like him working out now and doing like flare cuts to the corner and then hyper-quick shooting. Um, and so there might be some difference in the, in the rhythm that they try to adjust, but it, I worry that um, you know, that might take a lot of time to kind of get that, even though, in theory, teaching the guy to dip properly shouldn't take that long. It's actually much more natural. So I was worried about that. Um, I didn't even go through a lot of the assists because I was just sort of focusing on like spot ups and him scoring. Uh, I've seen enough highlights of the assists to, to, to convince me at least that, yeah, he's got vision and he seems to be a willing passer so he can make a lot of those passes. Now, I was going under the assumption in the very beginning that he was 6'7 because somewhere I was looking at had him at 6'7. Apparently that's old, right? He's now it's officially 6'9, is that right? Yeah, he's 6'9 with a 6'11 wingspan, I think. Okay, so that changes some things. Especially at that position. So you look at a guy like Luca, right, who is six eight, and it probably has a lot of the same characteristics that you would say you you you, you don't he didn't have that you think you would have needed to play lead guard. And it doesn't matter because his size really helps him. So Denny could very well be in that kind of category as well because he can ha- ha- handle so well. I don't see him having a major impact that quickly based on this. Um, I went into some of his clips uh, on in transition, and that was kind of scary. Uh, I know he's thrown dimes in transition that are impressive, but man, uh, the visual recognition was not there. He was kind of just dribbling into defenders, losing the ball a little bit. I wasn't excited about his handle. Uh, I, I suppose if I went through another 100 clips, I might see a lot more where he is handling the ball better. But I just had some concerns. I was like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, especially I did a video on LaMelo Ball. Like, there's a guy who's really well um, well-skilled and has a very balanced game and really can have an effect sure. on a game. And he's been playing, you know, he, they're the same age, um, I believe, right? Denny's 19? Yeah, I think they're the same age. Yeah. And that, here's the other problem is I need to be careful about being a little bit too brutal on these 19-year-olds because they are 19. So by sheer fact that they haven't been on this planet long enough, right, to like have enough reps and to get enough experience, they're going to have some deficiencies, which, by the way, could be solved with a nice, long, protracted summer or offseason like we've had with a real NBA skills trainer. So um, I don't know. I've heard a little bit from the – yeah, go ahead. And let's not forget, he's been playing for Maccabi Tel Aviv this whole time. So he's been been playing at the highest level of competition for for a young player could get compared to LaMelo, who was playing in like Lithuania and then playing in the NBL, which I mean, the NBL has gotten a lot better for sure, but it doesn't compare to the EuroLeague. Sure. And we actually were having trying to get a a handle on that uh, as far as where the NBL ranks. It's probably NBA, EuroLeague, 
you know, then Champions League, whatever. I mean, NBL is probably fifth in the world, I would imagine, right? Somewhere, somewhere in there. I mean, there it could be a random, you know, other league in there somewhere that we're missing. Um, but it's well, like there's good. a few European domestic leagues that I would put ahead of it. So, you know, okay. you have the Euro League and you have like those the domestic leagues that those Euro League teams are playing in as well. So there's yeah. So you know, it's or whatever. The it point can is, be it's six, good competition. Yeah, you know, and they're adults comparable to college. You know. uh, yeah. So anyhow, um, the point being that I, I I need to temper that a little bit because this is not a guy who's played like Division One for three years and you should be much more polished and you know you have to kind of see the what what he be, could become. So what I get excited about with him is the passing. Uh, I, I hope that they can fix his rhythm and energy transfer on a jump shot because that's going to be a, a real problem for him uh, when it doesn't have to be. And uh, I mean you know his father was a pro and I feel like his father probably just drilled into him how to shoot from what he learned in the eighties. Um, and that's really unfortunate. So hopefully that'll go away and that'll, that'll smooth itself out. So I'm not so high on him. I think when you had told me about him, I started looking, I was like, wait, when is he supposed to get drafted? And, you know, I, I was kind of surprised if it would have been top five, six, seven. Um, I did hear from some of the birdies, uh, uh, that, um, have observed a workout or two that, you know, he's not, I think he's not quite ready. I think everyone sort of feels that way. Um, but you know, there's potential and certainly the vision is, is something to be, uh, to be hopeful about it, but you know, there's going to be, take, it's going to be a huge uh, adjustment to, for the speed of the game and the physicality and the strength. And I just think he's going to suffer for a year, two years, depending on where he gets picked, drafted. That wouldn't surprise me. And I, I think my, my two counters to the things that you're bringing up one, as far as transition play, well, I, I, for me, it's, I, maybe I need to start adjusting my scouting um, disposition, I guess. But I generally downplay transition because I feel like it's really easy for teams to find guys that struggle in the half court but can do stuff in transition. So if I'm dra- drafting towards the top of the draft, I'm more focused on if – I'm bu- if I'm drafting for a player that I want to be a hub of my offense, I'm – way more prioritizing his half court capability than his transition capability. So Denny is one of those guys that he operates in short spurts in the, in the half court. So I wouldn't expect him to be good in transition because he's used to kind of attacking 10 feet at a time and then making a play. So having to attack 45, 50 feet at a time definitely is a weak point for him. But I think he has really good footwork and feel um, in, a, in a pretty con- well-controlled handle that I do think he he has the potential to turn into a solid transition player at some point. Fair um, so I'm not, I'm not too concerned about it. Um, and he has like good active vision and passing capability where he strikes you as the kind of person that can pretty much like make a pass and make a read at any point and improvise rather than like in the rhythm of the dribble, in the rhythm of his like you know, glide. So that makes me feel like he's going to eventually figure it out. But he might be one of those kind of slow motion um, transition guys, kind of like Kyle Anderson, who I love watching play in transition. He's every guy, everybody on the floor is running laps around him, but he's in control the entire time. Okay. Um, and you know, Kyle Anderson might be a really good compare comp for him. You might, I think, I think he has more potential than Kyle Anderson, but that might be the kind of guy he turns into where he's the kind of guy that uses his breaks and his stride and his body positioning and his kind of deft touch and deft passing ability to create looks for himself. But I do think he has a lot more talent than that. And then as far as the shooting, one thing I've definitely noticed in some of the workout videos I've seen over the past year 
is that he does seem to be dipping the ball off the catch more on a lot of these kind of, you know, like flare slide back corner threes. So that's that's good to see because I'm a believer in the ball dip most of the time. Um, I'm definitely a believer in the ball dip while you're on the move. You know, while you're I think while you're on the move, if you go straight up without a ball dip, you're rushing your ball raise to the point that your your body's not in position and your energy transfer is going to be a little bit off there. Um, but he definitely has been. He, he looks like he's trying to be a one-motion shooter, but he's still a two-motion shooter. And so there's a bit of a hitch there at the top. Um, and so that's why his I think his rhythm, the, because of that little hitch at the top, the ball doesn't move as fast as the energy wants to move through his body. So right. those are the kind of things that I think can get smoothed out and you could turn into a really good shooter um, as opposed to having like completely incorrect ball placement over your head. El, you know, elbows flaring out, feet turned the wrong way, all that stuff. All the like, all the stuff that's really hard to work through. Um, the stuff where your body's fighting against itself. I don't really think any of that stuff's a problem. I think it's more of a timing thing. Yeah, and that's something that will get better, especially as he just gets faster and faster and faster on the trigger. That kind of smooths out that two motion. So I'm I'm pretty optimistic about his growth potential. You might be wondering why I got into coaching. Well, one reason is instead of training to increase my skill level. I pushed my body to the extreme to overcome my skill deficit with sheer effort, and it led to a series of debilitating injuries that I still deal with to this day. Relief from all these muscle aches was hard to come by, but when I discovered Theragun, it was an instant solution that allowed me to stop medicating to avoid the pain. Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now, as quiet as an electric toothbrush. I've saved a lot of money by not needing to go for professional massage therapy anymore. And it's so convenient, I can use it whenever I have a few minutes. In fact, Using the Theragun for two minutes on each muscle group just before bed has allowed me to sleep much more soundly and relaxed. Try Theragun for 30 days. There is no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need. Starting at only $149. Go to theragun.com slash bball right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash bball. Theragun.com slash bball. Well, let's move on to Killian Hayes, another prospect. Uh, and I'm going to rely on you to tell me when people think they're going to draft him. Uh, lefty point guard, another kind of, he's, I think he's what, like 6'4? Is that what he's listed at? He's 6'5. Oh, 6'5. I'm, I'm off. I'm all my numbers. <laughs> Um, he might, I mean, unless there was another measurement that had him at six, four, he's been six, five for a little while now. Okay. Um, I like him lefty, uh, shifty. Uh, he's got a nice sort of, uh, pick and roll game, which is good to see, uh, where he had a lot of pick and roll uh, opportunities in college. So he'll come in with that kind of experience, which is nice. Cause I think up until somewhat recently, these college point guards would not run pick and rolls that much. And so now that the colleges have kind of caught up and are running a little bit more of the modern NBA offenses, they're now having more experiences uh, to, to run these and getting more reps. So I, I like him, and he's, he's the kind of guy who's under control, has a nice shot, has a nice mid-range too, has a nice sort of floater game as well. So I, I kind of like him maybe more than Denny of D, <laughs> of D excuse me. Uh, where do you see him getting drafted, and, and where, what do you feel about him? 
So he's my number one prospect, has been since like March, probably. Uh, I, I mean, he's on mock drafts everywhere from like number two to number eight. It sounds like if the Knicks, if, I mean, if, if I'm Leon Rose and I'm sitting there at number eight and Hayes falls to me, that's just, that's like such an easy move. And I wouldn't even, I know that the Knicks are like probably the busiest team on the trade calls for that pick. And I would, I can't. You'd have to offer me like an all-star for me to pass on Killian Hayes at number eight. I mean, it's just such, it's such great value. Um, the like, he, th- there's no good comp for him right now in the league that doesn't that doesn't put him as like projecting to be a superstar. And I don't see him quite as like a clear superstar. I know that uh, I, I remember Kevin O'Connor went with a D'Angelo Russell comp, which I really like. Except I like him better than D'Angelo Russell. Besides the fact that he's an awesome defender, I just I, I like his the way he uses the floor better than D'Angelo Russell. Um, but the, the the key things with him are that he's super shifty. Every time he moves, he's got like four limbs, four joints going in different directions, and it's like it, it just kind of puts you on the balls of your feet as a defender. Um, he can he can attack hard, like in a hard line drive if he wants to coming over a screen and then hit the brakes into a pull up whether it's from three or from twenty feet out. Uh, he's got a really nice hard crossover that can get him to his pull up shot. He's got a he already has a really good step back like he has yeah. one of the best step back threes I've seen coming into the league ever, um, which doesn't mean he's like one of the best pull up shooters ever come to the league. I think it's just that you know. At his age, James Harden has been a big deal long enough now that guys are trying to come into the league with that step back shot. I just think he does it. He probably has it better than anyone I can think of off the top of my head that's brought it, come into the league with it. Right. So he's got, he really has the complete pick and roll game and he can get to the rim. He's got most of the finishes you'd want to have. Like he has the underhand uh, scoop finger roll, he has the overhand bank shot. Um, I, I think he has a, I think he has a pop floater that he can get to from like eight feet out. But um, I, I, guess, I think the, the main issue with him right now is that he just doesn't want to go to his right hands. He's completely he's lefty, which is great because being a lefty still messes with everybody. But he just doesn't want to do anything with his right hand. But on the other hand or the left hand. He's awesome at everything that a point guard needs to do in the NBA these days with his left hand. You know, whether it's finishing, at you know, he's already a three-level finisher. He can whip passes pretty much everywhere on the court, and he can throw pocket passes. He can throw behind-the-head passes on you know delayed rolls. He can do pretty much everything offensively, and that's even before getting to his defense. But I'll, I'll pass it back to you. Before sure, sure. A lot of good things there, and, and uh, less I I'm not gonna go back and edit this, but just to make sure I'm clear, I, I even though I was saying college guards don't get a lot of pick and rolls coming in the NBA in the NBA. He has been playing in in Europe, which um, that the, the thing got to be watch out for the guys who are like fifteen or sixteen or seventeen year olds playing pro ball. Like those guys have a huge advantage, and so he had been playing in uh, in in a, in a pro league. You know, at I think what he's nineteen now, so like seventeen and eighteen and then nineteen. And uh, I, I don't necessarily mind the comp of uh, D'Angelo Russell. I mean, they're lefty and they're kind of tall and they're ball handlers, but he, he's got a different athletic uh, you know, profile. He is much more explosive, I think, than D'Angelo Russell is. Um, he hops on his shots, on his catch and shoots, which I love to see. Um, and let's see, I want to look check. Yeah, so he shot 39% on four attempts from three-point range in the last uh, his last season. 
Um, and so I would expect him deep to be three point range. That's yeah. Real three point range. Yeah. So, so I'd expect him to continue that. Everything looks great about his jump shot, which is great uh, to see. And so he is more polished in my mind. He's had more experience at a higher level for a while now than most of these guys coming in. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I see him extremely well skilled across the board on all these things. So in fact, you know, if you're talking, comparing him to like LaMelo Ball, for instance, that's an interesting comparison because, um, you know, this guy might might have uh, better shot making ability now uh, than than Ball does. So uh, you know, so where I'm sorry, where are they projecting him right now? So you think two? He I mean, he can range anywhere in the top eight. And now that now that the word is getting out on Lamelo being a, such a shitty interview, um, is I it really like three people? I think have reported that. I just. I actually it might not it might have gotten cut from my story I put out this morning, but I noted that I I heard from two different people that were involved in inter, two different interviews with Lamelo Ball that he was really disappointing. They felt he was pretty immature, or underwhelming. Um, one of them joked that he he's going to be the president one day, which I think was I think they were trying to say that he said he wanted to be president one day, which is just like. <laughs> really stupid <laughs> but um you know the for uh i mean i guess it's it's great if you're a, a young nba player that wants to get into uh, politics but like if anyone asks you like hey what's your future goal and you say president that tells me that like you're not thinking hard enough to come up with like an actually like legitimately interesting answer that's like too that's just too bland i, I think so, it, it probably also tells you that they they did no prep for these interviews sure sure which I, yeah that that wouldn't <laughs> which, surprise me at all yeah um uh, that's interesting. Okay, so uh, but we're both very high on him, and and again, depending on where he goes in the situation, uh, I yeah, I could see him being plugged in. You know, let's just say it is a bad team. The problem is, I mean, he's not going to go. I mean, Minnesota would be a good spot for him in theory because they have uh, minutes there, right? Oh wait, who am I forgetting? No, is Russell there right now? Uh, yeah. yeah. So so never mind. Put him next. Well, I I think the interesting thing about that is that um, I think you could play those guys off of each other, right? I mean, they're mm-hmm. both such. D'Angelo Russell is such a good off-ball spot-up player that you could play him next to another good point guard like himself. And both of those guys are not quite good enough point guards that you want them handling the ball 95% of the time. Um, And that team needs another perimeter playmaking score. So the fact that Killian is 6'5 and a really good defender, and I think we should talk about that in a minute, I actually think that Minnesota, if they hold on to number one or even if they trade down a few spots – I think Killian Hayes should be their pick anyway. Okay. Especially because they have Jared Culver already. Right. Yeah, no, and that would be a nice little team that they're developing down up there, up there, over there, wherever Minnesota is. Um, okay, I could see that. for Devin Booker. Because then there's no other opportunities until like maybe Chicago, where he'd be a really nice fit too uh, there. Uh, but uh, otherwise, well, Charlotte and Golden State are kind of taken care of. Well, Chicago, Chicago is Kobe White and Zach Levine at the moment. So, oh, Kobe would, White. Uh, I was know. thinking, yeah, okay, that's true. So then, and then Cleveland doesn't need him either. So, and neither does it. I mean, you know, it's interesting. Uh, unless he wants to, yeah. Unless he plays a little bit more of the off guard, which again, what are positions these days? Um, we'll see. I mean, my take on it would be, you know, bad team, give him the reins, let him run it, you know, and let him learn. Uh, that'll be probably his his best version, where ultimately he'll get to the best version of himself without having to you know, delay that by playing behind somebody or alongside somebody. But <laughs> either way, I, I, you want to talk about his defense a little bit? Sure. I mean, that's, that's what makes him so interesting is that you can put him next to a point guard and that's what makes him, I think 
more valuable from a team building perspective than someone like LaMelo, where I just, because of LaMelo's d- defense, I just don't see him being anything besides a point guard or somebody that you hide off of the ball, basically. While like Killian, you could put him in the mix. One of the things that I think is really great about him is that while he's a really good point of attack defender and he can he can guard pick and roll coverages really well, he can press really well, uh, he's great at jumping passing lanes on swing passes. He also is really good at covering the weak side. Like he can he can be that that low man that sinks in from the weak side when your defense is in rotation, and he can both get into the lane to tag rollers and then fly out to that weak side corner shooter. We I, we did see him do a lot of that stuff in the Bundesliga last year, the kind of stuff that you don't really get to see college kids do that you're wondering, can that translate to the NBA? So I've seen him do a lot of the kind of defensive stuff that you would do as an off-ball wing that would translate really well. The only thing with him is that he falls asleep a lot of the time, um, but that's... You know, I'd rather have a guy that knows how to play defense and just has some lapses that you could just kind of drill that into him and just get him to, you know, be more mature and not, you know, have those lapses. That those are the kind of things that I don't worry about that much. So mm-hmm. he just pre- he pre- he provides so much versatility on the defensive ends, and then because he's a good spot up shooter um, on offense. And he's not like a pounded into the ground pick and roll playma- playmaker necessarily. Uh, I just I, I think you could probably use him off the ball next to somebody like Trey Young or next to whoever Charlotte keeps within the next year or so because I assume they're going to move off of one of Devontae Graham or Terry Rozier at some point. So I, I just his versatility makes him really exciting um, because he's like the most he I think he can fit. He has the most flexibility to fit into any any team's roster construction plans of probably anybody in this draft. Fair enough. Uh, that's a high praise. So let's move on to our next player. We have a couple more to do. Onyeka Akongu, uh, who is a guy who I saw play as a freshman with the Ball Brothers at Chino Hills. And um, <laughs> what? Oh, and so no, I'm, I, I'm laughing at just the fact that he played with the Ball Brothers always gets to me. Yeah, I'll well, tell you why. I, I mean, the fact that I even remember him, he really stuck out to me. But what's depressing now is that uh, you know his game should be should be radically different in my mind, considering he played four years with Chino Hills. Although I guess they switched coaches at some point, and so it's not clear to me if they continued playing the way they were playing before. But uh, then he gets to USC, and he's, I mean, you know, he's playing like uh, a '90s big man. Uh, posting up most of the time is, are, is you know, posting up and cutting. Uh, the only thing I could see that translated pretty well, because remember, post-ups in the NBA and also his footwork uh, on these post-ups is, isn't good enough. It's just not good enough to be able to play against big guys in the NBA. Uh, but what I did see at least was was pick and roll roll man stuff, which there is some stuff there. But that was what was frustrating because even um, as a freshman, there was a, a notion that he was he could put the ball on the ground a little bit, and I would I would have expected him to develop a shot at some point throughout that uh, his career there. And instead, he doesn't shoot at all, uh, as far as I could see, anything outside of like the five six feet. So then it becomes like, what are the comps for him? But I, I kind of went on a couple different tangents here. So before I get too far out in the weeds on him, what's your take on him? Um, so, I mean, we put this list. I, you asked me to put this list together. So I put the list together, of, like my four favorite guys in the draft. And uh, my, my history with Okungwu goes back to his junior year um, when I, I interviewed him at the Hoopal Classic in January of, I want to say, 2018. And I... I had just witnessed one of the best games I'd ever seen in my entire life. And it was Chino Hills versus Spartanburg 
South Carolina. Do you remember who was on that team? No. Zion Williamson. Oh, okay. So they went up against each other? This was Zion at his absolute peak dominance. Like, this was uh, Zion in the middle of his senior year of high school was like the absolute peak of how much he was destroying people. And in that game, Zion had like, I think, 40 points and 15 rebounds and eight dimes or something like that. Zion was absolutely incredible. And Zion was kind of playing wing, essentially. And like, Okongwu wasn't even really supposed to be guarding him. And Okongwu was just like, you know what? Screw this. Zion is destroying this. Us. I'm taking over now. And he went shot for shot, play for play with him. He There were like three plays where Zion went up in the air for one of those like famous tomahawks. And Okongwu went straight up with two arms and stuffed the shot and just like destroyed him. And Okongwu legitimately outplayed Zion in that game. And I had never seen anyone even come close to what he pulled off. And Okongwu was kind of playing out of his role basically in that. But he just showed me that he has the defensive versatility and the heart and the competitiveness to be a truly great, great NBA defender. Um, I mean, he reminds me of Bam Adebayo so much from that perspective. You know, there's some differences in what their offensive skill set is. And, of course, don't forget, Bam came into the NBA not being a passer, not being a passer, and then within two years he turned into an elite Wait, passer. Wait, so. you know what? I need to check. on. I, I, I want to research that. Are you telling me, seriously, he, you don't think he could pass at all? He didn't show any ability in college? He yeah, he really did. Do, he didn't really do a ton. I mean, he did a little bit, and like, but no. If if people thought that he was going to be a good playmaking center, he wouldn't have fallen to fourteen. He would have gone up in the top ten. But people didn't really see that from him. Yeah, okay. Um, and I, I wouldn't be. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, and the, I I started working on the on that story. I'm gonna get it done at some point soon. I thought I'd have more time during the off season to pull it off, but I talked to some of um some of his high school coaches and they were saying how like, yeah, he had flashes of it, but it, at Kentucky, he didn't really get a chance to util- utilize it so much. So we've been kind of surprised to see what Bam yeah. can do. But so Onyeka, I, I do think Onyeka can turn into a great DHO and a role guy because his, his rolling ability is phenomenal. Like he, 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 he rolls off of the screen really fluidly. He's super explosive. He's like, because I, th- I think he's like six nine with like a seven one wingspan, which is like re- definitely really good. But he also is really athletic. So just like Bam, even though he's not a big center, he gets up there and plays like he's a seven you know seven yeah. one guy. So I just I love his ability as a as a hard roller, and I think he'll be pretty solid as a short roller who can pass off off of the nail. I do think he has that kind of ability, but we haven't seen the level of. We haven't seen too much to hint that he has this like super creativity the way that Bam does, but I do think there's there definitely is some of it in there, and it's just going to take him more reps and more time to polish it off. But I I do think the complete package is in there, except for we haven't seen the shooting yet. I mean, we haven't really seen Bam shoot much yet. Uh, Onyeka, when he does shoot, he has this one of his weird things is that his his like shot pocket his set point is like up really tight to his forehead. And it's just like he kind of like coils up and then tries to shoot from there. And he's way too strong and way too big to be shooting like that. So he has to get that set point out, elevated away from his forehead, get his elbow under it and have a much shorter shot and just learn how to hit that 15 footer. And I think if he gets to the right team that can teach him how to do that, I think he'll be an okay shooter. 
Okay. Well, I, you know, I, what I have seen about his shooting, so the short roll stuff, obviously the hard rolls to the basket, he can put the ball on the ground and finish over people, and he should get posters. Even at the NBA level, I could see him being able to do that. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of faith right now in his game as far as short rolling and getting the ball to nail and making decisions. Right, What I've seen in the USC was mo- mostly like either just turnovers and driving into the lane or trying to pass and getting it stolen or, or tipped. Um, when they when they doubled him in the post, he, d- he didn't seem to be very good at getting the ball out either on those. If you watch like his turnovers, you'll see a number of those. Uh, that gets better. That could be taught. That could be improved. But you know, it worries me that like in the post, for instance, if he's going to get a double from a college guard and then not be able to pass out of that, that's a little troubling because that's only going to get a lot worse when you get to the NBA with the bigger players. So um, I don't know. I guess it's also going to depend on fit and where he goes, what the system is, how much he gets an opportunity. But, you know, I, I, it probably could go either way with him where I, I could see him if he gets the right situation, he could get playing time and, and be somewhat productive. But I could also see him sort of languishing on a bench for a while until he, you know, develops more. Well, you know, the funny thing is that while I I prefer him over James Wiseman and so – you know, I, 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 God, I would love to see him go go to Golden State. That'd be awesome. Although he's a little redundant to Draymond Green, but um, there's not. I, I guess that Charlotte could take him at number three, but if they don't, he's gonna fall. Maybe Cleveland could take him, but he's probably gonna fall to like number nine to Washington. And if he goes to Washington with Bradley Beal and John Wall. I mean, they, they like they already have Thomas Bryant, who's like kind of a less, you know, a less capable version of him. I mean, and Thomas Bryant looks really good there, at least offensively. So you put Okungwu in that situation, you never, you never need to post up, and you just he, he's just rolling the entire time. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, it, and that'll it, be incredible. He'll 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 have to develop a jump shot. Uh, he simply will at that his position, but. Uh, who knows? Maybe he, maybe he has it. We just haven't seen it, which is uh, certainly possible. Watching what they had, <laughs> excuse me, what they had him do at USC, you know, it's just still remarkable to me when I watch these college games because you know, I don't. I only do it like once a year when I'm going over the stuff for the draft or a couple times a year. All I take away from it is how bad the coaching is and how unimaginative the offense is generally. Although it's getting better, and then how bad the referees are. Um, but you know, it's just, it, you know, throw the kid a bone, let him get the ball up on the wing a couple of times and rip through and, you know, at least just pass it out of there or something. Instead, you watch Okongwu and all he's doing is, you know, block to block to block. I'm not even sure he got any high post touches. They do the weird weave at the USC all over and over again. And, um, and it just wasn't really anything. It's just frustrating, but nonetheless, we, uh, we're running out of time. Do we have time to do uh, Kyra Lewis? Yeah, yeah, we got time to do Kyra okay. Lewis. I always have time to do Kyra Lewis. All right, so let's talk about Kyra Lewis. I just went through some of his footage. You you go first and tell me how you what you think about him. Sure. Uh, he's, you know, he, there's nothing exceptional about him at this point, but he's really good in all the core areas that you want a contemporary point guard to be. Um, he's, I mean, he's, his, his, I guess the one exceptional thing he has is he's lightning quick, like elite acceleration, um, good, I'd say good agility and balance, but not great at this point. Um, and he he is six three with a plus three wingspan, and he just I think he just turned nineteen. So, you know, those are all pretty good for a point guard. Um, but so he, he's super quick, uh, and he he can play ambidextrously pretty much as a pick and roll player and a pull up shooter. Uh, and he's a really he's really good at making all of like the basic read passes that you make as a pick and roll guy. So he can, you know, he can get past the screen level and he can hit 
all the different spots around the perimeter, and he can throw a pretty solid pocket pass to a guy in front of him. Um, he doesn't he doesn't do a lot of the like really remarkable stuff that Lamelo does, um, but he I think executes the you know standard pick and roll offense much better than Lamelo does at this point. And he's really young, even though he's a sophomore, he's still you know the age of what a freshman would be. Um, and he just he improved so much uh, this last year. I, I just really love the way he grew over the past year. Um, and so what's great is he can do all the pick and roll stuff, and he looks like he's going to be a very good pull-up shooter from 25 to 28 feet. So kind of, he's different than Killian Hayes where he's less of like kind of like a wide stance, super shifty kind of guy. He's much more of like a quick – a quick attack downhill kind of guy, but he definitely has the dribble over a screen and pull up from deep kind of game to him. So very much like a, you know, Devontae Graham kind of style to him. You know, you say Devontae Graham, for some reason, and I don't know why, it's grabbing me like Darius Garland, like a guy like that for some reason. Yeah, that's a good one. That's Um, a good comp. You know, a taller version of him. Uh, But yeah, very quick, very explosive. What I love though is he hops into his catch and shoots and he's really good at those. I, I think that there's room for improvement off the bounce without question for his shooting from deep. Uh, that and that's just a mix of reps. Just you know, again, he's he's 19 years old. He just needs more time on this planet <laughs> to get to improve, and and I think a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, training and some help with some of the mechanics. And I think he'd be very viable from back there too. I just think that there are times when he he's a bit of a score first guard from what I've seen. And he gets into trouble sometimes deep into the paint where he's just trying to force up shots or get a, you know get on a couple guys when the pass is there. So that's going to be the question is, you know, when they set him up in the right situations and are able to hammer like, hey, that's the pass we need you to make. And will he be open to doing that? Uh, I mean, I did go and, and parse out some of his assists to see if he had that ability just, you know, on his own. And yes, I did see uh, you know a number of like getting in the middle and then skipping into the corner for assists, which is great. Like that's mm. what I was looking for. Uh, I just think sometimes when he's especially out on top when he's trying to break down the defense, um, he just gets stuck, you know, with that mindset of like I am going to score on this. And so he just needs to continue to polish that up, and I think also polish up his finishing. But again, I would uh, this is the whole nineteen year old thing where we have to change the. Um, the rating system or the uh, analysis based on how young these freaking kids are. So I just think uh, that will improve naturally. Uh, it's just a, it's just a question of where he goes. Now, where are we predicting him getting drafted? It seems like he could go up to maybe Detroit at number seven. I know there's been a lot of rumblings lately about Patrick Williams from Florida state being a guy they're interested in there. Of course, when a team becomes interested in the guy a week before the draft, that means that they're not interested in the guy. So we'll see (laughs) what happens. I I do think that's his probably the highest he can go. Um, He's very likely to go at some point in the late lottery, which, which I love because I, I got really excited about him in the um, I started watching like I had heard lots of good stuff about him right when the uh, shutdown was starting to happen. Um, but I hadn't had a chance to really watch him. And then right when the shutdown started, I went and watched him and I was like, why is this guy in the late 20s on so many of these mock drafts? This guy's clearly a lottery talent. He just, you know, even though he's not dominating college ball the way a lot of these other guys are, um, he's like very clearly the prototype for an NBA point guard. Um Although I guess the question is how badly do teams need a prototype NBA point guard at this point? Cause there's so many of them. Right. But what I like about him is that I think he has, he's good at all the skills you want out of a point guard. And he's a really, he's a really good on ball defender and he's, 
he's a really good help defender when his guy gets rid of the ball. So he's the kind of point guard defender that he can be really good pressuring at the point of attack. And then once his guy gets off, gets rid of the ball and the point guard just kind of jogs over and kind of gets out of the play for a few seconds, he's the kind of guy that can go dig into the lane. He can get some steals. He can blow things up and he, re- and he can recover. So I like that even though he's probably not going to be switching too much, onto bigger wings because of his, just because of his weight. Uh, he at least can still be really impactful by just kind of being like a scrappy guy floating around the court. And one thing that I really, that I'm excited about with him and this, I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm working on a big feature on him. That'll be out right before the draft. Uh, he has put on, I think 15 pounds of muscle so far, and he could have even really done more if he really wanted to, but he wants to kind of slowly build on muscle over the next couple of years. But Right after the season was over, they were like, all right, go get in the gym, put on some muscle so you can start finishing through contact more. And actually, I think finishing through contact underneath is less vital than he would kind of avoid taking lanes out on the perimeter where he would have to take on contact out there. And that made him sometimes too passive of an attacker. And he wouldn't really break through the perimeter defense because he just didn't want to take that contact early on in the drive. So because I think he probably feels, which is true, is that he was so skinny that when he would take contact, he would not be able to maintain balance and keep the dribble alive. So we'd have to put the ball up or make a pass on that contact. And you don't want to do that when you're 30 feet away or 25 feet away from the hoop. So that's like the huge part of his game he needs to improve on. And it sounds like he's making strides on that. Fair enough. And I now know why my uh, heights are all off because when I'm looking on B-ball ref or sports reference, uh, he's listed at 6'3". And he's, and I think, um, who else are we looking at? Uh, the, the Killian Hayes is listed at, you know, an inch shorter than we said. So I'm, that's where I'm getting my information from. He's 6'4", though, right? Uh, Kyra's 6'3", I think. Oh, he's so. 6'3"? Okay, um, that's right. Okay. But, but yeah, they're, they're, those are going to be outdated. They're not going to be updated with the latest measurements. Fair enough. Well, again, I, I really like him, too. And, the, and again, uh, he could come in right away and actually contribute. I feel like the way he shoots as well. Let me just quickly check his three-point percentage. Uh, yeah, he shot 36.6% his last year, uh, which is good. You know, in college, it certainly indicates that he has the ability to continue that uh, in the pros. Um, and I, I just like the way he hops into a shot a lot of the time and gets great rhythm. So... We uh, definitely keep our eye on him, uh, too, because he's one of those guys who maybe even will be like, well, F this, you didn't draft me high enough, I'm going to show you. And he gets a chip <laughs> on his shoulder and really uh, and, and, and shows us. So, uh, But again, I think the, the point you made that was really astute was, you know, you're looking at this draft and the top 10, 12 picks, it's like everybody's got a point guard. Uh, that you know, and slowly but surely, in the next couple of years, really everyone's going to have one. It's going to be tough. So that's when we're going to have to sort of maybe the game will adjust, and you're going to play both these guys together, like we mentioned with um, D'Angelo Russell and like Killian Hayes together, which I think would be great. And it kind of goes back to having like Michael and Ron Harper on the, in the backcourt, like those six five six six dudes uh, who could play some defense and can also be on offense together. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But Jared, awesome breakdowns, awesome information. I can't thank you enough. They're b-ball breakdowns. They are. That's what we're here for. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thanks for coming on and doing this for me. I will see you again the next show we do, which is, you know, we'll we'll see whenever it happens. It'll be happening. Um, But don't forget, sports fans, at b-ball breakdown, we're not a channel. We're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Jared? I'm in draft mode.